Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Namaste, yogis. This is Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed podcast. Today, we get loved up with international health and fitness star Koya Webb. Be prepared to be uplifted and inspired by Koya's infectious drive. Her dedication has landed her the amazing opportunity to inspire millions as a celebrity health coach, yoga teacher, and avid acro yoga practitioner. And I said, well, I've learned that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And the more that we realize that, the more we realize that our thoughts, what we think, and the things we think about the most, it really develops and creates our reality. Listen close as she reveals her true passion for leading a healthy lifestyle by never forgetting to get loved up and give with compassion with Koya Webb on today's episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. It brings me absolute joy to have Koya Webb sitting across from me. She's an absolutely inspiring entrepreneur, a yogi, and a beautiful vegan all powered by plants and one of those people that I would truly say is a mentor and a friend who's been along my journey and been very inspirational in keeping me motivated to do the things that I do. So welcome to the Yoga Revealed podcast, Koya. Thank you. How, how sweet. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been an honor to grow with you in the yoga community over the last few years. And it's, it's been amazing to see what two dedicated people can really birth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have, you know, been there for each other in those times of growth. And I really appreciate you as a friend. Aw, thank you. I appreciate you as a friend as well. Um, I remember... One of the first interactions that we had um, was actually the day that we met, I believe, was the, my mom's birthday. Yes. Do you remember oh that? Oh, my gosh. Yes, at Cafe Gratitude. Yeah. 
She's and, such a beautiful and woman. And you sat with us and we had a great conversation. Mm-hmm. We did handstands outside. <laughs> yes. And our first acro. Yeah. First yep. acro right Shoulder there. Shoulder stand. Yep. Yep. Right <laughs> I there. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember I had just uh, moved from San Luis Obispo and um, I was just kind of basically in between my position of San Luis Obispo and then moving to Seattle Mm -hmm. and I came to visit my mom and you were in the area and I was (laughs) like I really want to meet this girl she's absolutely awesome you're a vegan you're African-American you're beautiful and I was like oh I gotta you know check her out see what she's all about (laughs) and it just so happened that it was my mom's birthday I was taking her out and then bam you're in the area we met up at Cafe Gratitude and had a good conversation. It was so spontaneous. It was. It was spontaneous and perfect because your mom is a true gem of a woman. Ah, thank and you. it was wonderful to meet you and meet her. I think <laughs> it was just an amazing experience to just feel the love and like meet someone on that same love vibration. Um, totally. And I can see where you get it from, ah. your mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom is definitely my biggest inspiration. My mom has been with me obviously since birth, but she's been (laughs) (laughs) the most supportive uh, woman in my life. And I'm truly appreciative for her teaching me how to value women. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been very lucky. One thing that I can say about my mom that's truly stuck with me since I was a young one is her perseverance and how much she drives me to be the best person that I can possibly be. And whether it's... um, just kindness, just finding compassion for the people that I interact with, um, all the way up to the discipline of getting my work done to the best of my ability. And Mm -hmm. she was very stern, very uh, hard on me when I was young, but I feel that it's definitely the, the strength that I needed, especially coming up in a home where my dad wasn't around. Um, she definitely instilled that sense of perseverance, discipline, and compassion. Mm -hmm. And so I'm happy that you had a chance to meet her that night. Um, (laughs) But soon after, I wanted to talk about, um, you really introduced me to the Acro Green. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. I felt like that was a place where I could go and really explore my love for yoga and acro yoga and nature because it's right by the beach. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I went out there was actually not for yoga. It was with Tony Horton and his group were out. They were out there just doing fitness. Mm -hmm. And then I saw the yoga and I was drawn to it immediately. And when I met you and your passion for yoga and everything, I'm like, you have to go to the green. (laughs) I just knew that you would love it just as much as I did. And so I was really happy I can introduce you to it. Well, I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, I would say ever since then, my world completely changed because I found a true passion for acro yoga. And acro yoga has been one of the main forces for bringing me into a more connected state, not only with myself, but with others who I interact with on a daily basis. And then in building this community and building a sense of, you know, really conscientious touch and being compassionate to one another and being able to give each other therapeutics after, you know, doing hardcore hand to hands and all kinds of craziness. Mm -hmm. It's like, how beautiful is it to actually be able to give someone a gift of relaxation? 
Absolutely. I, I agree. It's all about the community and how we can build community. And it only takes one person. Like I tell you and you tell someone. And then now there are so many people that come to the green and look for that same community, that connection, that love. And we're building each other up because it goes outside of the green then. Then we go have dinner together and then we have events. And the beauty that I've seen happen that started on the green that is now full on friendships, relationships, partnerships, businesses. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're growing the yoga community, not only just as a sport or just as a passion, but also as a resource for income. And I think that's absolutely beautiful. And I'm just happy to be a small part of that. And uh, <laughs> it feels really amazing. Definitely. Um, so one thing that I really want to touch on today with you is how you've built your business and your brand as Koya Webb, because I feel like when I first met you, um, you were, you know, a vegan and doing your, your vegan 10 day detoxes. And um, it really just drew me to the how genuine you were in presenting who you are and what you stand for. And um, I want to hear a little bit about when yoga was first revealed to you, but also um, when the entrepreneurial aspect of yoga was presented to you. Mm, yeah, that's a great question. So I guess when yoga was presented for me, we had to go all the way back to the beginning, I think in 2003. Mm. And I was in college and I was a track and field athlete, a heptathlete, that's seven events, high jump, long jump, shot put, javelin, 100 hurdles, 200 dash, and 800 run. So you were an all-around athlete. <laughs> you were no joke. Yes. So we did all those events in the course of two days, and then we add up our points, and whoever the winner was, they'd win the whole event. So it was all about being consistent, and you had to bring it in everything. Or if you fell short in one thing, you'd have to make it up in the next thing. Mm -hmm. So I put my body to the limit. Well, one day I was walking for my class, and I just fell to the ground in pain. There was a sharp pain that shot through my leg all the way up to my hip, and I just fell. And I was like, oh my God, I'd never been injured before. I'd never been in, felt a pain like that before. I went to the doctors. They were like, we're sorry, you have a stress fracture and your fourth lumbar vertebrae. You're out for the season. Oh, wow. And you would have thought I saw a ghost. I was just like, they're not talking to me. Like, this must be a dream. I literally was like, what do you mean? Because it was that hit and then I was up. I was mm -hmm. like, I didn't think, um, you know, there were gonna, that was going to be, you know, I'm out for this season. I was like, oh, we'll see what this is. And maybe I'll have to, you know, do something differently. Maybe I just, you know, tweaked the nerve. No, they were like, it's a fracture. And it, ha it takes fractures are worse than breaks because it takes longer to heal. Mm. And you don't have a cast and it's in my back. So, of course, our back moves with everything. So I was devastated. Uh, I was crying every day throughout my classes. Um, my coach was like, don't worry about it, Koya. We love you. You're a great student. Um, um, and I just, I didn't hear anything, but you're out for the season. You're out for the season. And for me, track was a way out of the country. It was a way for my future, for my career. And to hear that that one day, all of that change was devastating. Mm. So I was um, in class and I would do fine. And then all of a sudden I would just start crying. So, you know, a lot of people would call that depression or whatever you want to call it. 
my teacher was like, Koya, I can't have you cry in the class. I'm sorry. It's just she sent me to the counselor to get some help. And the counselor recommended yoga. Wow. Now, at that time, I'm in the South. I didn't know what yoga was. So I was like, is that kind of like a cult? Or so? I really had no clue. And she was like, no, it's just stretching. At that point, I really didn't have much of a choice. So I was like, okay, I'll take the yoga class because this teacher just basically kicked me out of her class. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> She's like, don't come back until you get some counseling. Don't come okay? back until you get yourself together. Because I was seriously, I start off crying and then it'd get loud. Like, <laughs> you know, it get really obnoxious crying. And I Nose couldn't was help running. <laughs> I was really, really severely like, I don't think I felt that low mm. because again, I'd put all my heart, I'd gotten a full scholarship, I'd worked so hard and I had been slated to win the next year because of how great I did my sophomore year. And it was just over. And the team was like, oh my God, with all this, I was like the lead of the team captain. So it's like all this on me, not only for myself, but for my team and it was gone in a day. So I went to the yoga again, still just like, why am I here? Why am I even here? I was questioning my life. I was like, I don't want to be here. Like, what am I going to do now with my life? Like, I don't, I didn't, I didn't know what to, all I could do was cry and cry and cry. And just, I just felt like I didn't want to be in the world anymore. And my teacher came up to me and she was like, Koya, um, I don't want you to try to do the poses. I just want you to breathe. And she sat there with me and she just had a big inhale. She made me breathe with her and exhale and inhale. And when I was taking those breaths, I felt this space in my heart just feel open. Like for the first time since I felt that pain, I felt a little bit of peace, just a little bit. And I was like, wow, that feels good. And so I started to do that. I just started to breathe. And through the classes, I started to breathe. And about two days later of just breathing and doing a couple poses, I started to feel better and better. I started to go deeper in the poses, deeper in the practice. After about three months of uh, breathing and doing more yoga, centering, meditation, I started swimming, I started biking. And in that year I had to sit out, I healed my body. Wow. I came back the next year to win the conference meet and bring my team to the first women's championship for Wichita State University. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So was... you fully healed yourself through the practice of yoga. Absolutely. And it's been my best friend ever since. Wow. That's that's a beautiful <laughs> story. What do the doctors have to say about that? The doctors are like, wow, you are stronger now than you were when you came in. You're, you're completely healed. They were really surprised that, um, you know, I had healed completely, you know, and because most athletes, and I did try one time when it was about six months and I was like, okay, I'm good. Let me go back out there. <laughs> and I went back out and it wasn't time. Mm. And they were like, my coach looked at me. He's like, you can be in pain and you, we can, they were giving me a lot of ibuprofen, Advil, things to mask pain. Like, you can get through this in pain you can finish sitting the year out and completely heal. So I had a choice. When I thought I had done enough six months in, I was like, I'm gonna, I could do enough to get out there to practice, mm -hmm. but I knew I could feel I wasn't completely healed. And that's when I started adding nutrition to the game. I started doing turmeric, which I told you about ah. how important. And I started doing turmeric every single day. And that's what brought the healing even more full circle was doing that turmeric 
and I heal it completely in a year. So for our listeners who don't know much about turmeric, can you give us a little bit more? Yes, turmeric is a root, much like ginger, but it's orange and it's very pungent. And usually you would juice it or I toss them in my smoothies every day. Um, turmeric is great for, it's a great anti-inflammatory. So it helps you recover by removing inflammation. Mm. And so for me, my body was inflamed all around. This stress fracture was inflamed. So the turmeric helped get all that inflammation out so I wouldn't be in pain. Because once the bone heals, you still have scar tissue around it. And it helped me get rid of all that scar tissue. And the yoga kept the blood flowing around the bone, which also helped me. Because some people heal, but they have scar tissue for the rest of their life. And they're never able to move the way they did before. And that's why I tell people, you must swim, you must do yoga, and you must um, do things like turmeric and arnica montana to really remove all the scar tissue so you have full mobility. And since then, I have a lot of people heal naturally. Definitely. I will say that since you told me about turmeric, I have been drinking it. Um, those turmeric lives, those little drinks, they yes. are super delicious. Love them. Oh. And I, <laughs> I literally, <laughs> I will tell you that after a yoga class, uh-huh. um, my hips and my knees and my ankles are tight from years of soccer, competitive mm. soccer. And so I have literally drank those after a class and I feel the difference. I can feel the difference in my hips, especially, and how they're able to recover quicker without that pain and that sensation. Absolutely. I'm definitely a huge supporter of the turmeric too. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So once you were healed and you brought your university to their first number one prize for that whole, was was it a decathlon? It was a heptathlon is what I did. Heptathlon? Ten events? Seven. Seven. Decathlon is ten. I should know this kind of stuff. Goodness. <laughs> it's okay. Seven. Hept. Come on. You got it. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny because a lot of times, a lot of people, um, because the men do tens, a lot of people would say, oh, you're doing the decathlon. And we just did the hept. And the only events that we didn't have were the um, 1500 meter. And then we didn't have the pole vault. Mm, and okay. they kept saying, oh, we want to bring both of those in for the women so they can have the same as the men. But I loved it just the way it was because I did not want to vault this body <laughs> through the air 12 feet high. It was not, yeah, I wasn't really Come excited on, about that. Come on, you'd be a champion at it. You're you long. Know, You're I would have tried it. I would have tried it, but I really enjoyed the heptathlon. It was, it was amazing. That's awesome. So from your college career, you continue to practice yoga? Absolutely. I continued to practice, but it was more so like maybe once a week, once every two weeks. And um, eventually, well, actually that year I had a senior adult. I was faculty at Wichita State and I had a senior adult class. So I would teach them yoga, teach them the little things that I learned. But it wasn't until I moved to California and actually um, to continue running and try to get to the Olympic Training Center because I brought my numbers up so high that I actually had a shot at getting into the Olympics. And so I I was like, I need to go to the Olympic Training Center. So I packed up everything, moved to California. That's why I came to California. Oh, my goodness. Because I thought, maybe, just maybe. 
I have a shot at it. And so I moved here with a prayer and a couple bags and I started training. And I found yoga at a local 24-hour fitness where I became a personal trainer because I trained in high school for the YMCA. And so when I moved to California, I started with 24-hour fitness and I just did the group yoga for 24-hour fitness. <laughs> so you fun. actually started teaching the group yoga? Absolutely, right away. I loved it. So you were you were pretty versed in your own practice then at that time. Yes, because I mean I did a whole sem semester of it, and after that I was completely in love. So I did it a couple times a week, but I got a certification, and that certification allowed me to teach it awesome. for the twenty four hour fitness. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit more about your transition from being a personal trainer at twenty four hour fitness to now becoming this health and wellness yoga instructor extraordinaire that you are today. Oh, thank you. You're so kind. Honestly, I love to teach and I love teaching yoga. I love personal training. But one of my clients came to me and she was like, Quay, I don't want to train today. I just want to talk. And that's when I realized that um, during the sessions I would listen. I would just give little tidbits of advice based on my own experience. And that happened to me about three more times where the client was like, let's just talk today or can we just go out for lunch? And I realized that my compassion for people and my ability to listen to people's problems was a gift. And I researched it a little more and I found out that I could become a life coach. So at that moment, I love personal training, but I feel like my clients needed more, more than I wasn't necessarily giving them. And so I studied um, life coaching from this program called Lifestyles. Mm -hmm. And they really talked about the spiritual connection, the mental connection, and how not only can you get beautiful and fit on the outside, but you can also get fit mentally and spiritually as well. And so I dove deep into that program and became a certified life coach. And I still did the personal training at the same time, but then I would also have sessions with my clients to work on the mental and spiritual state as well. That's beautiful. Thank you. So in doing that with your clients, do you see a difference in their progress? Absolutely. Because once you help a person see their goals, you give them a why, then it's not just about losing weight. It's about a bigger picture. So when they have the problems with the career and the boyfriend, you can talk to them about those things as well. And why, what is the focus? Just like you can with what is your focus on losing weight. And once a person is really clear about what it is that they want in life, I believe the biggest thing someone asked me, like, what are the... What what is the biggest lesson you've learned in life? And I said, well, I've learned that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And the more that we realize that, the more we realize that our thoughts, what we think, and the things we think about the most, it really develops and creates our reality. And so when you're talking to someone and they're more focused on the negative and what's not going right, I usually tell them the more that you focus on what you do want, then what you don't want, the more you can bring what you do want into existence. And so I think with that, when I would coach people, I would just focus on what do you want and how we're going to go get what you want, whether it be with weight, whether it be career, whether it be a new relationship or letting one go or letting a job go. It's all about finding out what they want and helping them step by step achieve that and I loved doing it and so I feel like a lot of my clients said your ability to really connect like I felt like I was going through the problem whatever I really take it personal and whatever they were going through I wanted to help 
them really see the light and see the love, which is, that's when I transitioned into more of a life coach. And so I would say I will help you physically, but only if I can work with you mentally and spiritually as well. So I wouldn't take on clients unless they gave me that open door because I feel like the reason someone might be overweight or having physical problems usually is from an emotional problem. And so with the permission to dive deeper there, I usually have more a higher success rate. Actually, people that do my six-month program, I have 100% success rate for people who stick out the entire wow. program. So they actually have 100% in reaching their goal. Yes, based on absolutely. Absolutely. And I have helped one guy in one year to lose 200 pounds. That's you know, beautiful. but it wasn't just about food and nutrition. It was about seeing like, you know, things that had hurt him in the past, things where he was caught up. Why was he going to food and reaching from it from age 12? You know, there's something deeper. It's not yeah, just about food ingrained. being good. You know, food is good. I love food. I love to eat. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's something deeper there that needed to be addressed. And to be able to do that, I love to be able to help people really dig deeper into their soul and find out what the blocks are. What are the lies we were telling ourselves and how can we get back to the love? And that's when I developed my company, Get Loved Up, because really to get there, it starts with self-love. What took you away from that self-love? Was it a job that said you're not good enough for us? Was it a parent that said that? Was it a, a spouse that said that? What happened to you that made you feel like less, like you weren't worthy, like you weren't loved? Go to that place and go up from there. And once you go up, you go up in your career, you go up and whatever goal you have for your body, you go up in, in every part of your life. And it's not like we're, it's perfect, like nothing will ever hit you. But once you practice how to move up, then you have that for the rest of your life. Wow. That's very, very valuable information there. Yeah. And I really enjoy that idea of get loved up, like really taking it to the core of why a person is unhappy and then beginning to realize how you can make that change. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So in, in, in kind of witnessing um, how yoga was revealed to you, how do you feel that you've incorporated um, healthy eating more so into your practice of yoga and also into what you teach to your clients in your Get Loved Up program? That's a good that's a good question because I love food and I was not raised a vegan or a vegetarian. I ate everything. <laughs> I ate chicken and fish and shrimp and I love food. I love the the exploration of food and where did it come from and studying different cultures and how they fix their different types of food and things like that. But once I moved to California and when I moved here, I didn't know what an avocado was. I knew guacamole. No way. I'm serious. I knew guacamole from Taco Bell and that was it. I don't remember them selling avocados in the stores in the south and I remember having us I never had a slice of avocado before coming to California so I had this slice of green thing on my burger and I, I remember asking the waiter like what is that they're like oh it's healthy fat I was like well I don't want any fat because I was like on the fat free diet <laughs> they're like no it's healthy fat I was like yeah I'll pass healthy green fat I'm not feeling it <laughs> you know? so, like how'd I'm, you get that out the chicken I know I was like yeah, I've never seen this before it doesn't seem right and um, I think it wasn't as ripe it was just kind of hard and I was uh, like yeah this doesn't even taste good I remember <laughs> taking a bite of it like oh, I'm not impressed but when you get a fully mature nicely ripe avocado it is the best thing one of the best things in the world I will tell you I can live off of avocados 
mangoes and coconuts. Mm, Those three. Yes. I'll be please. a happy camper for the rest <laughs> of my life. Those are amazing. So I I just really started to look at food differently as I learned different foods and I studied nutrition in college. So I knew about calories in, calories out, your balance of protein, carbohydrates and fats and everything you need to get an optimal body and optimal performance, which is that, which is what I needed for sports. But I didn't understand how eating processed food and some of the food as I was consuming, it was bad for my health. So what would happen to me once a year, I would break out in hives mm. all over my body. And that was my body's way of detoxing. I also had a lot of mucus in, in my system because I found out that I'm gluten intolerant. So I'm not allergic to gluten, but when I eat too much gluten and most of us, when we eat too much gluten, it's like glue. Ten. Yep. <clears throat> I can hear it like I just had bread for lunch, but I just don't normally have. And so I can hear it with in my voice. And then like if I sneeze tomorrow, I might have more mucus in my system. And when I don't eat any gluten, everything is clean and clear and amazing. So uh, I started to cut things like gluten out of the diet. I started to eat cleaner. And then I read this book, The Things That They Don't Want You To Know About. And I learned all of these chemicals. I remember I learned about high fructose corn syrup, MSG, all these things that are, you know, artificial flavors and color. And I was like, oh my God, I remember running to the store, looking at my Jiffy Cornbread box, wondering, oh my God, please don't have anything there. <laughs> and looking at it and being like, oh no. So, and running to my favorite things in the store and here they are, the juice that I like has high fructose corn, even the ketchup. And I was like, who puts high fructose corn syrup in ketchup? Times. Right, I was so disappointed. But at the same time, I was happy I knew. Some people are like, oh, I don't want to know. Anyway, so once I knew, I had a mission. People don't know about this. I'm going to let people know about this. You guys, look at all this crap in the food. I was a little bit too vigilant with that. So I was throwing, I remember I went home and I threw away everything in the cabinet that had high fructose corn syrup, MSG, or any artificial. Ooh. So we basically had more things in the trash than we did in the fridge that did not go over well with the parents. Oh, of course. So I got known as an extremist when I first became vegan, but I just wanted to save my family. I just, once I found out this is what's making us sick and making us have all these cancers and disease, I didn't want my family to have any part of it. I didn't want any part of it. And But I had to learn that I had to be the light and I had to follow this path, but I had to be gentle in sharing my journey. And that's when I learned to lead by example more than I led by, you know, extreme things like throwing away everything in the refrigerator. So now that's how I do in my business with Get Loved Up. It's all about loving yourself, loving others, and loving the planet. So I love myself by putting all the best things in my body and living an active lifestyle. I love others by sharing the information for whoever wants to hear it, like on this podcast. And then I'm really loving the earth because we use so many resources, processing cattle, we use so much water, and we have people that are that have no water whatsoever. And I think if people knew that if they could just go on a more plant-based diet, that they would be making the world a healthier place to live, I think more people would do it. And so I'm just about getting that information out there and then letting people make their own decisions. And that's been my journey with food. That's absolutely beautiful because I feel that, like you said, becoming more compassionate in the way that you present, mm -hmm. how you live your lifestyle, whether it be vegetarianism, veganism, you could even be a pescatarian, mm -hmm. but presenting it in such a way that is understandable and also mindful of other people's beliefs because 
you know, we're not all brought up the same way. Absolutely. You know, granted, you know, coming from Barbados, I grew up on fish and chicken, so it was very simple for me to go into <laughs> a vegan diet. You know, I, I know that there's people like my good friend Dean who grew up and he had a different palate completely where, you know, parents were going to fast food and that kind of stuff. So completely different um, upbringings really allow us to develop these different beliefs and habits. And when we can bring forth compassion, we actually allow people to change easier than if we present them with, you know, forks against knives. Oh my goodness, watch this documentary. <laughs> Hurry up and go vegan. Oh, what are you eating? You know, it's like mm-hmm. we can be judgmental or we mm-hmm. can be someone who's a helpful, supportive person who's literally showing the light and shining the light by living. Right, absolutely. And I do believe some of my favorite documentaries are is Forks Over Knives and Cowspiracy that really give you the science behind why a plant-based diet is, is better for you and things like that. And I really appreciate those people who created those documentaries because it's not easy getting the message out there. And as you said, I remember one time I was on a zone diet. I ate meat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and two snacks a day. Every single meal I was eating chicken, turkey or fish and I was super lean I was super fit but I am now too so my thing to people is yes you can become lean and fit on a meat or animal based diet but what people don't know is you can also be lean and fit on a plant-based diet and when you choose a plant-based path not only are you lean and fit but also the world is a healthier place so to me I know that I can eat a little bit of fish a little bit of dairy and still be healthy but the reason I choose to maintain um, to be a vegan is because I know it goes further than myself it goes to helping the planet it goes to helping the animals animals that are abused and things like that and I think because we're growing them so fast and we're trying to make so much to really because of the increased demand for them we're really not doing it properly and a lot of the animals are sick and then we're getting the sicknesses Mm -hmm. as people and so I really want to do what I can to spread the knowledge like, hey, you can be absolutely healthy on a plant-based diet, no matter what, like you said, no matter what level, whether it be pescatarian or just eating a one plant-based meal a day, or, you know, I suggest people have a smoothie and a salad a day, and you're already 80% of your diet is plant-based, and then have, you know, vegetables at dinner time too with whatever else you want to have, and you're living a more plant-based life. Some people do meatless Mondays, just letting it go for one day. I think all of those are beautiful ways of being conscious and making a difference in the world. Definitely. I completely agree with you there. I want to hear a little bit more about how your entrepreneurial um, business has grown from becoming more conscientious. <laughs> I want to hear a little bit more about how your entrepreneurial lifestyle has become more of a conscious, what I would call like a conscious. Mm. <laughs> I want to hear a little bit more about how your entrepreneurial lifestyle has become more of a conscious path towards becoming more sustainable Mm. um, not only for yourself but also for those who you affect because I feel like um, you know there's a lot of people who are into the vegan lifestyle into the yoga lifestyle but they still have a day job Mm -hmm. and it sounds like you have managed to fully sustain yourself as a business professional with the yoga with the health and wellness can you give me a little bit more 
about that kind of reveal how that path came about? Absolutely. I think even in college, uh, my minor was in business administration. So I knew from a young age that I wanted to own my own business and I wanted to, I saw things out there and I, and I felt like a lot of times people are a lot of ego and they want things done their way, whether it's the right way or not, it's done their way. And I feel like being a compassionate person that I wanted more direction over the way that I lived my career and my life. So I got my minor in business administration so I could run my own business. And in 2005, I started a company called Revelational Productions. I basically did the master cleanse and I went to this church I would never have thought of going to. It was like a Pentecostal church, not saying anything about any churches, but this church was, you know, a lot of jumping and shouting. And I was like scared when I walked through the door. <laughs> but my girlfriend said, would you please come to this church with me? And she asked me, she begged me. And I was like, okay, I'll go. Because I, it was more about connecting with her than what I believed or anything like that. Because I was raised, you know, in more in a Baptist church, so a little more quiet, but still energetic, right? But I was nervous about what was going to happen. Um, and in and, and the service, this woman got pulled by her hair down the pew. And I was like, oh my goodness. But I was on this cleanse. And despite all of this stuff that was going on around that I really didn't understand, I connected with the choir because I love music. And I was singing. And for some reason, I knew every word of every song they were singing. And... I just almost went into this, I have no idea why it has never happened again, but I went into this dream state where I saw everything that I'm doing now. I saw me speaking to millions of people and helping things that haven't even happened yet, like millions of millions of people that I'm working with and speaking to and helping people one-on-one. -on -one. It's like I was touching people and, and, and like it's in an assured type of way. And when I woke up, the church was empty and I was lying on the floor. With my friend wow so I had this full-on out-of-body experience and I don't know what happened I wasn't hurt I woke up and from that instance I was I was not to speak and I was to wear all white and I didn't speak for three days and I looked in my closet I had no white nothing because in my school we were like black and gold so I had all black and different colors but no white so I went to the store bought a sewing machine and made myself a dress to wear. And I got really clear on the exact direction my business was supposed to go. And I wrote it all down. I was writing page after page after page, everything I was gonna do. And I was so excited about it. And that's how Revelational Production started. And it's all about producing epic content for people to change their lives for the better. And I was just so happy that I went to church today because for me, it's not about the brick and mortar. It's not about what you say you believe. It is how you act. And it is how you let the spirit and you walk by the spirit, by the light. It doesn't matter where you go. If you connect with the spirit, the spirit is always there. It's always within. And how you get there is just like whether you drive, ride a bus or a car or a bike or a Ferrari or whatever it is, whatever you like, that's the different spiritual institutes that we have. Is it a church? Is it a mosque? Is it a synagogue? But the destination is the same, mm -hmm. spirit. And um, it was a beautiful experience. So that's what 
got my um, business centered on Revel, and that came up with the name Revelational Productions in you know in that instance. Yeah, you had a revelation. And, yes, it was a revelation of everything that was gonna happen. I remember telling my dad, he's like, "Well, it's kind of long," but I was like, "You know what? I don't even think I'm asking. I think I'm sure that that's the name." And I immediately um, started my business then, and since then, every day. I meditate because I learned that in yoga and I try to connect with spirit. And honestly, I kid you not, I don't have everything figured out. Today, I can't tell you what I'm going to do exactly next month. I don't, I can't tell you how it's going to work, but I follow spirit every single day. Sometimes I get off course. Sometimes it's not perfect. Sometimes in my mind tells me I want to be doing some one thing that's different than what spirit told me. And then I experience things that are not fun. But the more that I center on my spirit, it guides my business. And going from that space has led me to opportunities. I recently had the cover of Oxygen Magazine. That's something I've been working on for six years. I didn't know when it was going to be. I honestly just given up on it. I was just like, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to do my thing. And it happened. I've been teaching yoga for years. I ended up going from 24-hour fitness and then going into Ashtanga. I got my Ashtanga certification because it really helped me connect with spirit. It gave me five breaths in each pose. And it wasn't about the asana. It was about connection to spirit. And that's why I'm a certified Ashtanga teacher. And then I got into acro yoga because it was connection with others and connection with the God in others is what made me passionate about it. So everything that I was guided to was because it was connection of spirit to myself, then connection of spirit to others. And now I've been told that I'm going to have connection with the world. So I'm going on a world tour around and I've been doing a little bit of retreats here and there. Like I went four places last year, but this year... I'm giving up my place in Manhattan Beach and I'm going on a world tour. So I'm super wow. nervous and excited, but that's what that's what I that's where I'm guided and so I just say yes. That's beautiful. So you have this sense of intuitive motivation that has allowed you to really become a clearer channel. Um I wanted to kind of reveal a little bit more about your practice of meditation mm. and how you feel that that has really shaped where you are today because I feel especially in the, the yoga practice, um, you know, we go through the yamas, the niyamas, the asana, and then it's like pranayama, mm -hmm. these breath techniques. Um, I find that a lot of people have a great asana practice, but then there's no sense of meditation. There's no right. sense of breath work. Um, how has that really changed your practice and your life? It was the beginning. And it's the end, it's the Alpha and Omega, because that is how I learned when I got injured to focus on spirit and let, allow spirit to guide me to my healing. I didn't figure that out on my own. I was guided. And I know that. And so now when I was introduced to meditation, it was like not like, okay, you meditate. It was like, no, you do these asanas to get into a deeper state of meditation. And I think not everyone is taught that unfortunately, that the purpose of going through these is not to get in shape, is not to get more flexible and throw your head, leg behind your head or it's to get to up get in a hand. It's not to get a six pack. Even though those things happen, especially, you know, with different forms, but it's actually to um, guide you, tone your body, but also guide you into points of extreme excruciating pain where you're, you're twisting your body, you're cleansing your organs, and then release. And that's what we do in life. We constrict 
and release. Constrict, release. Pain, pleasure, pain, pleasure. But the goal I feel of meditation is the peace. Through it all, can we maintain that peaceful state? And when you go into meditation, no matter what happened for me, no matter what happened on my mat, it means nothing. That was just the practice for the day. But meditation is the guidance. Now that I have been through the world or now that I've been through my practice, I tune into spirit to get guidance on what my next practice would be or what my next step in life would be. And I feel I want to start teaching that even more because if people would tune in a little bit deeper, they would have more guidance in life. And I really feel like that pranayam meditation, it is to me all about guidance and all about tuning in to your spiritual self outside of, you know, um, different voices, whether it be coming from your uh, community or from your significant other, or even from what you feel like you think you should do. When you really tune into spirit, I feel your exact path is right there. You just have to tune into the frequency. Wow. That's beautifully said. Thank you. From here, I really would like to talk about three words of wisdom or key points of advice that you'd give to yogis who are looking to become more of like the yogapreneur, mm. you know, someone who's really business balanced um, mm -hmm. with not only their yoga, but also with creating financial security in their life where they can go and travel and be able to host retreats and be able to live the IG dream, <laughs> you know? Um, well, it's not all pretty. I'm mm -hmm. just going to be honest with you. It's not pretty. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of like modeling in a sense. You see all the glitz, the glamour, the pretty, but you don't see the girls stuffing their shoes, their feet into shoes that don't fit. You don't see someone suffering from an eating disorder. Same thing goes for social media. You don't see um, a person posting a photo they really don't like and don't want to post, but a, co a company says, well, you have to. You don't see the the feeling of la loss of self-worth because you're doing things you really don't believe in. That's what people don't see. And those are the choices that you have to make. So the first bit of advice that I would give anyone, whether it be in business, whether it be online or offline, is know yourself. Know who you are and what you stand for and what it is you want to give to the world. Because once you're solid in that, no one can take it away from you. If you're unsure, people will ask you to do this, that, and other. And because you want to please or because you want to be a certain level or have a certain amount of power, whatever, you'll do it. You'll do anything. You know, and then one day you wake up and say, what in the world am I doing? You know, even when you do have direction, that can happen. So... I really suggest people really get clear on what it is you want to do and what it is you're trying to give in the world and then know that you are worthy. Once you decide what you want to do, know you are worthy of carrying that out in the world and that knowing your worth and putting a dollar amount on it sometimes saying, well, this is how much I want to make an hour. This is how much I want to make for this service or that service. You set a standard for yourself. So first, you know what you want to do is number one. Number two, set your standards. So set your rates, set your boundaries, what you will and you want do, and be very clear on that. And it's not like you can't be flexible. You don't always want to be rigid, but you don't always want to be loosey-goosey either, as my coach would say. You kind of want to be flexible. So you bend, but you don't break. Mm -hmm. And But you're strong enough to withstand. 
because you will be asked to do things you don't want to do. You do, you will be asked to do one thing and you do it, then you're asked to do another and you're already in a relationship and you're like, oh my God, I can't do that. I don't want, that doesn't feel right. And you're like, but, but I have to, you feel, you're like your back is against the wall and that's when you have to make those hard decisions. So number three would be, be strong. When you get knocked down, you might end up doing some things you don't want to do. But when you realize it, get up and get out. Run, <laughs> tell someone <laughs> if you have to, but get up and get out. It's never too late. We all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Okay, it happens. Forgive yourself, forgive the company, and go. Move on to the next. Forgive the person, someone might wrong. You might get into a business with a friend, like we're best friends, we're best buddy, let's do. You are not meant to do business with everybody. They might be a great friend, but you do business with them and it's like hell on wheels. So that's that's part of that recommendation of once you feel like it's not working, get out of it. Just move. All you have is another breath and another day. You can change your mind. You are open and you are free to change your mind at any point. And don't be afraid to do that. So those are the top three tips I would give um, an entrepreneur, whether it be in business, business of yoga, business of health, just any business out there. Just know yourself. Set your standards and don't be afraid to change those if it doesn't feel good to you. That's awesome. Those are huge nuggets there that people could really take and find value in. Thank you. Definitely. Um, I want to kind of segue into the future of Koya Yoga. <laughs> Reveal to me what you have planned, what's uh. going on. Because, I mean, you're already on the cover of Oxygen Magazine. What's next? Well, you know, the funny thing about that is what I realized is that when I wanted the cover in the beginning, I was like, oh, I, I wore wigs and weaves. And, you know, people are like, oh, you need to get a boob job. You got to get all this stuff. I was like, oh, that's really, I can't. You know, I did the hair thing, but I, I never was going to do the boob thing. But I was just like, that's just not me. So really having that cover come out when I fully embraced yoga and my spiritual side and I fully embraced my body and I fully embraced my hair, which had been challenging for me for years, it empowered me. It makes me feel like the more that I fall in love and embrace myself, the more that I continue along this vision and I needed that lesson to manifest this revelation. So the revelation is to continue to believe in myself, continue to love myself, continue to love others and continue to love the planet through get loved up. I teach it because I want to be it. And I feel like for me, the more that I teach, the more that I am. And then I also started a program called Healthy Vegan RX, which is helping people succeed at the plant-based side because I got the nutrition information before I got the vegan information. So mm -hmm. I knew how to take the vegan information and still use the same numbers and make sure people have a balance vegan diet instead of just going vegan eating whatever we know that doesn't work for any diet you have to be um specific about what you're getting you don't have to count calories every day but you do have to know where you're getting your um, macros from and that is your protein carbohydrates and fat and knowing okay i'm getting all the nutrients that i need what supplements do i take am i getting everything for my food or do i need to take a multivitamin so the future of Koi is continuing to teach, you know, love for self, love for others, love for plants, continue to teach a plant-based diet and speaking 
writing books, being on the radio, continuing to give that in a bigger and bigger way every day and not being afraid to say yes to these opportunities that scare the living daylights out of me, (laughs) but just continuing to say yes. And I'm going on a world tour in 2016 and I'm looking forward to visiting countries, making collaborations with other wonderful people like yourself and just continuing to share the love. Definitely. Well, it looks like your future is absolutely bright. Thank you. And if I could show the people who are listening your smile right now, <laughs> I'm sure that they would be feeling the same way um. and truly inspiring, truly inspiring your path. I want to touch on your mentors because mm. I feel like you've been someone who's been a mentor to me. I want to hear who are the people that are mentors to you and what are the attributes and characteristics of the best mentors? Mm, that's such a good question. Such great question. My biggest mentor, and maybe this might seem unfair, but it's true, um, is spirit. It's just being guided by love. And and when I say love, spirit, God, that's all one thing for me. You know, and some today is just coming out of spirit. And some days I'm like being connected to love. And some days I'm being connected to God. And God, love, the spirit. That is my biggest teaching on because I tune into it. It's not outside of me. It's within me. That is my biggest guide. Outside of me, I look up to people who continually tune into that place. I mean, I think of people like Maya Angelou and Nelson Mandela and um, Oprah. You know, how people really take what it is they're good at and they help thousands and thousands of people because that's what I saw in my revelation. So I know that's where I'm going. So um, I always said one day I want to have dinner with Oprah and I want to really um, just connect with her, the God in her, the spirit that is in us all. And so that's a big inspiration. Also, each person that all of my students are inspirations to me because a lot of time when I'm giving information, the feedback that I get helps me know how I'm being received. Because sometimes what we put out is not always what people hear or what people are perceiving. So one of my biggest mentors are my entire social media following of however hundreds of thousands of them are more out there. those um, also mentors to me because they're showing me this is how they're responding to the information. So I really am big on like researching and feedback and how that gives me lessons about myself and how I'm being received. Being a teacher, I'm always concerned with how am I being received. Um, but my biggest mentors are people that are just living their lives and they're really going out there and making a difference. Um, I feel like you know, I just looked at a Super Soul Sunday and I saw Ayana Van Zandt, you know, and uh, and I, she was talking about being, um, knowing your worth and knowing that you matter. I mean, things like that, you know, she's a beautiful mentor. I remember I bought like five of her books and gave them to every woman in my family hmm. because of her journey and how she just really kept realizing I am worthy, I am enough. And she's a, she's a huge mentor for me. I can go on all day, Michelle Obama and, you know, 
know, the things that she's doing for the obesity rate in the world and how she just she carries herself and she's such a support for her husband and her children. So as a woman and as a mother, she's a huge inspiration for me. And those are just a couple of my mentors, but I can I can go on and on. But um, these women, they, they really in, in, in inspire me. And Wayne Dyer, um, he just passed recently and he was a big inspiration of me really understanding more how to connect what I learned when I was younger mm -hmm. and to what I believe now. Um, and, and a lot of it goes from religion to spirituality and the connection of the two and how they work together. So. That's beautiful. Give me three characteristics of the best mentors. Three characteristics of the best mentors. I would say spiritually connected, number one, most important. Um, spiritually connected, um, happy, hmm. you know? Some people have things and they're doing things, but you talk to them and they're just not happy. <laughs> and you're like, why aren't you happy? You have everything. Well, and they can give you reasons. So in a mentor, I want to have a mentor that's happy. Mm -hmm. Wherever they are in life, whatever they're going through, they can still say, I'm still alive and breathing, so I have a reason to be happy. And number three, I would say connected. It's easy to go be by yourself. But when I see someone who's connected to community, I think that's what it's about. And so when that really speaks to me, because I feel like I always have work to do on myself and maybe I'm not ready, but the mentors that I follow, they say, yes, you're ready right now because you have a voice, you have something to say. So mentors that are connected to community, those are, would be my top three attributes. Beautiful. And for our listeners out there who are listening all around the world, who are inspired by your amazing, your amazing being, Thank you. what is one little line of wisdom that you can give to them that could help them inspire to be as well-connected, well-spoken, and successful as you? We're spiritual beings having a human experience. The more you can direct your thoughts towards what it is you want rather than what it is you don't want, the happier, more successful, and fun your life will be. Well, thank you, Koya. <laughs> The Yoga Revealed podcast listeners are greater and they're shining brighter for your amazing wisdom. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast with me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a treasure, such a blessing to be here. And thank you all for listening. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast with Koya Webb. Make sure to check out KoyaWeb.com for more details on her upcoming classes, travel schedule, and new Get Loved Up program. Also, check out her YouTube and Instagram for daily inspiration. We are most grateful for you, the Yoga Revealers, for tuning in today. You are appreciated for your support and contribution as a loyal listener of the Yoga Revealed podcast. We will continue to bring inspiration and uplifting interviews your way 
every single week to help you become the brightest light that you can possibly be in your community. So do us a favor and make sure to subscribe on iTunes and drop us a five-star review if you really appreciate the work that we do. Catch us at yogareveal.com for a free manifesto document that will inspire your new year and keep you on track for greatness. You can find more Yoga Revealed content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Instagram. Until next time, live light, shine bright, yogis. Much love. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.